Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I'm still little Lucy, which is great. I'll be 90. I'll still be little Lucy. <laughs> Hi, Ben Mankiewicz here. We have some terrific bonus episodes this season featuring stories and insights we couldn't fit into the main season. Today, I want to bring you more of my conversation with Lucy Arnaz, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's daughter. I spoke with Lucy for several hours at her home, and she had a lot to say about working with her mom, growing up on the RKO studio lot, and what made I Love Lucy special. When I first asked you about doing this, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, because it was this podcast on, on Lucy, and, and one of your first reactions were like, you know, I had a father also. Yeah. Is that something you've found yourself saying more than a few times in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now that they've been gone as long as they have, and people want to do retrospectives. And, I, and if it's about Lucy, or I love Lucy, and I go, why is it always about Lucy. Well, I mean, they were a team the way, you know, George and Gracie were a team. She was funny, but without George and the cigar, not so much. And my father was really, and she, my mother be the first person to say so, was really the, the person who made it all work and who made sure that it happened because it wasn't going to happen. It was his saying, what do you mean? No, why can't we do that? You know, and well, let's go and talk to those people. Well, maybe I can build that. Why don't we talk to the neighbors? Let's see if they let us. And they did. You know, it, it was his tenacity and his, um, I, I don't know, what moxie just that allowed this show to be what it was. And he knew how to hire the best people and let them do their job. You know, he didn't micromanage people. He was script off book and camera ready day one. And I just think that he's, he doesn't get enough recognition for what he was super good at and uh, that they were a 50-50 kind of team. Now, he would, if he was sitting here, he would say, no, honey, no, honey, come on, come on. You know, as he said on talk shows before, you know, I give Lucy 90% of the credit and split the rest between us. It's crazy to think that those two would do divorce well. And with a couple of collisions, they did do it pretty well. They did divorce about as well as anybody I've ever seen do divorce. Um, yeah, thank God. If, if, if I want to say, if I had known how good the divorce was going to be, I would have encouraged you guys to do this a lot sooner, not put us through anything, you know. Not everybody can do that. They even had the same lawyer. Mickey Rudin did the divorce for both of them. Just They said, just be fair to both, to do the best you can. Be fair, take care of the kids. And he did a great job, and they always respected one another. You know, they loved each other so much that they didn't want to hurt each other when it was over. They were kinder to each other the second, you know, act. It just was like, okay, well, now we're this, whatever this is. 
And he never really accepted my stepfather as my mother's husband. It was like that guy who's living there now. <laughs> what's his name? Barry Norton. He would always make fun of his name and he would do and Gary was very nice to my father. He didn't make fun of him much. And my mother adored Edie, my stepmother. Edie was uh, a friend of hers years ago. We all grew up together on the beach in Del Mar, and so they used to play cards together. So when he married Edie, she was so relieved. She was like, oh, she'll be great for him. Oh, my God, this is great. And so it was kind of a big, happy family most of the time. Kids would all get together. Grandkids would get together. It wasn't so bad. Was she funny? I wouldn't call my mother funny, no. And she never did either. She said, I'm not funny. I, I, I know what to do with good material, though. And she, you write something that has the potential of being played out in a, in a believable way and could actually be funny. There's nobody better to bring it to life. But no, she never really intended to be funny. She was more of a kind of a serious, responsible organizer. You know, and then let her fly when you let her out of her cage and she gets to go play in the sandbox. She was just wacky. And it's that drop gag gal, you know, from the old movies, like from Stage Door. You know, there's nothing like a cheerful letter from home. Pa got laid off. My sister's husband has left her. Mm, one of my brothers slugged a railroad detective. I guess that's all. Lots of love. Can you spare 50 bucks? She had a very hard energy. She was much tougher than people would think. I did not live with the same kind of enormous tragedy that my, both my mother and my father grew up with. Um, but it was rough, you know, in that, in that house a lot of times. Sometimes nobody's fault. Sometimes just them not being there was rough. Sometimes it was rough because they were fighting. Sometimes, you know, things happened. And um, our life was quite different. We lived in a different country almost than some of my friends, you know, it felt like. Um, but we also really got all those great perks of being able to run around the studio and play in the prop department when he bought RKO and they owned RKO. He also owned, that means he owned all the, all the sets, all the costumes, all the props. He didn't own the film library, but he, everything else. Well, that was so much fun when we were the ages that we were to just let us run wild with King Kong in the prop room, you know? You did that? I did that. There were two King Kongs, as I'm sure you know little one that was for all the little miniatures, and then this ginormous thing, especially when you're like eight, and big King Kong with the movable eyes and everything. Yeah, I got to play with him. Hello? Hello, Fred? He's here? This is how it was always from the very beginning, because I was born six weeks before the show went on the air. And I never knew anything else. She said she wanted to have a family. The reason they have I Love Lucy is because they wanted to have a family. But it took off like they could never have imagined. I Love Lucy, starring your favorite. They thought, well, this will keep us together for a little while. And, you know, probably won't be a hit or anything, but it'll keep us together. And we'll get, she actually has said, we'll have some nice home movies to show the kids. And then it became this enormous hit, and they could never stop. They were just every day. Oh, there you are, Ricky boy. I've been waiting to pitch a little woo with your hog center style. Okay. 
Only I thought we'd do it Latin style. Latin style? Yeah. <laughs> what you're really watching are two extraordinarily talented people, super good at what they did, getting laughs, making people happy, and they love their job so much, they don't even want to come home. I mean, that's seductive. Even if you're also getting kind of the short end of the stick because they're not home. It feels like you don't harbor a great deal of resentment from the fact that you're able to say she didn't have time, really, to be a mother to her own kids. You know, I know so much about these two people now. After getting to my age, making my own documentaries, you know, shepherding other projects along, inheriting all the scrapbooks and the news. Nobody, nobody has more information <laughs> about these two people probably than I do. And so I've walked a mile in their shoes, you know, several times. And I think when you walk a mile in people's shoes and you see the life they led, where they came from, like you brilliantly did in the first episodes of the podcast, really, you got to go back to the very beginning. But unless you go back and you see how people were raised and the tragedies that happened to them and what they had to push through in order to survive, you can't sympathize with the choices that they make later on. And it is very painful for me. When I go there, it's very deep. It's very deep inside. And certain things can bring it up. I can be watching a film and laughing my head off, and all of a sudden a scene will turn, usually on TCM, and, and, and I will just start crying. And I go, what just happened? And it's because it hits one of those nerves. You know, it digs up something that still hurts. But I don't harbor ill feelings because I think I know why a lot of that stuff had to be. If I had been her, if I had been him at that time with their pasts, and I was given certain choices that they were given, would I make different decisions? Would I choose this over that? Probably not. Because faced with the same set of circumstances, you do what seems the best course at the time. More of my interview with Lucy Arnaz right after this short break. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mother, you did every single thing last night that you promised me you wouldn't do. And then this morning, you completely humiliated me. You're just treating me as if I were a little girl. I happen to be 20 years old. Oh, I know. I was there when you were born. <laughs> what about when she comes to you to, to be on the show? I was older then, and I was kind of like, you know, how tweens and teenagers are. They, they don't really want to spend that much time with their parents, first of all. <laughs> like, are you, you going to leave, Mom? Can you get, please get out of here now? <laughs> I had a plan. I decided very early on that I liked 
performing and making up characters. And I liked musicals. I had all the Broadway show albums. And when she did Wildcat, I saw that like 17 times. And that just only cemented it even more, the whole idea of theater. So I, I, um, I was in high school. I picked my high school because it had a musical theater department that was great. And I was in a couple of the plays. And that's probably why she said, I think she could do this, you know, or it's not brain surgery. It's not Chekhov. She can probably do this Kim Carter Fakakta part. And I didn't want to do it. I said, oh, no, mm-mm. no, thanks. Anyway, but why? Because I wanted to go to college uh, and learn how to be a really good theater person. I wanted to go to Northwestern, possibly, if I could get in and really train. That was where I was headed. So uh, we went on the show and they gave us doable roles the first year or so. I thought, no, I can do this. And I worked hard. I learned my parts. And and it wasn't like a little mini college in itself. I mean, on that show, my God, I learned how to do so many things that I didn't know how to do before, like tap dance and do a hula. And I sang duets with everybody from Wayne Newton to Frankie Avalon to Carol Burnett to Ruth Buzzy to Liberace. It's crazy. You know, Mr. Liberace, Kim sings and dances and Craig plays the drums. Maybe you could use the four of us on your special. (laughs) You're about 83 short of the King family. (laughs) But it's not such a bad idea. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. My brother was there a couple of years, and then he went off to do movies and things. And and, uh, he had already had the whole Dino Desi and Billy rock and roll years, right? And I didn't. I was the one who thought I had no talent. I was the one who used to crawl under the bleachers when they introduced us in the audience. I was very shy. What do you mean you crawled under the bleachers when they introduced you? We used to go down to see the Isle of Lucy show on occasion, and the routine was that we sat in the bleachers with our nanny, Willie Mae, and then at some point during the warm-up my father would do, he would introduce his son and his daughter. And when he would introduce Desi, Desi would get up, and he was like four and in a perfect little suit and tie, And he would get up and he would do one of those great bows, you know, with the arm in front and the arm in back and just bow down real quick and up. And people screamed and, oh, my God, it was so cute. And then he would introduce me and everybody would look around and I was gone. I wasn't there because I was under the bleachers. While he was bowing, I was hiding. So when I found the theater, when I found make-believe and stage, jump on a stage, it was heaven. You think I would give up on love Get off this line She always said, anything you want to do, you can do. When I was in a show or doing my nightclub act, she'd come backstage and she'd go, I don't know how you do it. I have no notes. I could never do that, what you just did. That's so empowering when your mother's Lucille Ball and she can do anything. To be told that, that's great. My dad was my biggest supporter. He gave me the best ideas. He always said, oh, honey, you're great. You know, come on. I love the way you do this or sing. Yeah, they were very, 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 uh, what's the best word? Just not, not supportive, just seems not even enough. Just encouraging and uh, just piled love and trust and belief on both of us our whole life. You go up on stage. You sing. Mm-hmm. Beautifully. Thank you. You tell jokes. <laughs> I tell a few. I mean, you are this, uh, you are a hybrid of yeah. Lucio Ball and, and Desi Arnaz. 
I like that. I like being a hybrid of the best parts and, you know, ask my children probably some of the worst parts uh, of what I grew up with, of what I watch. And aren't we all just this big mishmash, this, you know, composite of what we absorbed. And you can only hope that they absorb more of the good than of the bad. But it, yeah. who has only absorbed good? Nobody. And it would make you probably fairly dull. Oh, yeah. Um, and what would you have to work on in therapy? <laughs> what would you talk about? We'll have more of the plot thickens right after this. You remember your mom saying, you know, uh, she's got that whole bit about being a feminist icon. Did you think of her that way? No, no, there weren't even words like feminist in those days. Nobody was doing that. It was way before ERA or any of that, right? Um, She didn't think of herself as, there was no feminist to think of yourself as, first of all. But she did not think of herself as a groundbreaking anything. Not to my knowledge. She still was very much the Jamestown girl, you know? Um... And trying to make sure that Desi and I had a fairly normal childhood as much as possible. And for the most part, except for the fact that they were the two biggest stars probably anywhere, (laughs) it kind of was. I mean, we got on a little allowance. I sold lemonade on the street corner from time to time. Um, It was as as real as it could have been other than her just being home more. Action. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, it sure was mighty nice of CBS to arrange for us to get together and for you to preview our opening show. You know something? I'm very proud of our shows for next season. Gail Gordon, bless his little old soul. He's with us. And little Lucy and Desi. Little Lucy and Desi. Hey, they tower over me. Well, it isn't right for me to brag about my own children, but they're just, uh, they're great. They're great. They're great. The way people are fascinated with us and the, you know, the movie star tours and the buses and all that junk, I was that kind of fascinated with ordinary people and the way they lived and moms who stayed home and sat on the floor and helped the kids with the homework. And all she wanted to do was just do that show, play that character, whether it was the I Love Lucy show or the Lucy show or the Here's Lucy show, that was her, her bliss, right? And dad used to handle everything else, which is probably what put him in an early grave, you know, and I don't know. But that combined with early childhood things, he handled all of it and he handled it brilliantly. He had amazing tact and diplomacy. He was phenomenal talking to writers, you know, which is very tricky stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, no knock on, on Gary or anybody else, but when she tried to have other people handle it, they couldn't, they weren't, that's not their job. They weren't as good. Yeah. They weren't as good, and she didn't trust them. That's the point. For some reason, she trusted my dad. They were married 10 years before they did I Love Lucy. She had 10 years of sitting in the living room. Did your mom talk to you at all about going back to do the last show, Life with Lucy? I was writing some music and lyrics at the time, and I had written a couple little songs, and she had heard some of the stuff that I had sung for her and little parody things I had done along the way. And so I called her up and I said, 
I'd like to take a shot at writing your theme song. What? I said, yeah. Well, can I, it's not, I know what it has to be. I know it has to be because I've written one for television before. It has to be this. And then I got to do a long version, a credits version, da, da, da. All right. Yeah. So I did. I wrote a lyric and I went to Cy Coleman and he did the music and it was really adorable. It was called She Keeps Getting Better All the Time. And I had this vision in my head of, you know, like shots of her being upside down and backwards and forwards and, and just a, even at her age, just getting in trouble and all this. And so they heard the song and Gary said, we love it. Your mother loves it. It's great. It's on. We got it. Oh my God. That's fantastic. We have, Cy and I have some great ideas. We think maybe Mel Torme should sing it. La 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 la. Well, let us know when we're going to do the recording. And weeks went by and nothing, didn't hear any from anybody. And finally, I called him up and I said, Gary, aren't you going into filming this soon? I mean, don't you need to have, oh, yeah, yeah, we well, you know what, we, Aaron Spelling has a guy and sent us another record and your mom liked it, so we're doing that. I'm sorry? You got another song, just like that, but you didn't call me? And I had to call Cy Coleman. <laughs> And tell him that we have been fired, that there was somebody better than Cy Coleman to do this. And Edie Gourmet sang it, and that's the end of that. So when the show tanked, I really didn't care. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what it needed? It you, was the theme song, it Ben. It be- needed a better theme song. It listen. needed a yeah. better theme song. That yeah. was the whole thing. Every day I'm better than I ever was before. She just really needed it and hoped that she could recreate the magic. But it, it, was, it was never the same without the original cast of I Love Lucy. It was pretty good in the Lucy show. Here's Lucy with Desi and I. It was fun. But I think progressively, farther and further you got from I Love Lucy, the farthest, farther you got away from the original brilliance of that type of comedy with those those people, that chemistry was just, you know, once in a lifetime. Lucy, thank you. No, are we done? We're done, but I, I'm not. Can we talk about old movies or something? <laughs> well, thanks. It was <laughs> so great. It was fun. Thanks for listening. We have more bonus episodes coming up, including more from my conversation with Aaron Sorkin, the writer-director of Being the Ricardos. It would not be unusual for them to have a screaming match that ended in their ripping each other's clothes off. They were very passionate all over the spectrum. If you're enjoying The Plot Thickens, why not leave us a review or tell a friend? 